Hare Krishna, today is Srila Prabhupada's disappearance day, uh, 2021. So, in a sense, it's a day of contrast because on the one hand, um, we're celebrating Prabhupada, but on the other hand, we're lamenting the fact that he actually left this world on this day. Take that away. And um, also, it's, um, of course, we know that Prabhupada is a liberated soul, pure devotee, and he simply went back to Krishna. He was always with Krishna when he was in this world, but in another sense, went back to Krishna. And yet, um, and yet of course, he left this world. So Prabhupada taught that we actually understand the spiritual master through his instructions, and uh, the spiritual master is always present spiritually. On the other hand, we see that there are great devotees in our tradition that actually lament the passing of a pure devotee. So philosophically, Prabhupada is still present, but at the same time, we know that even pure souls lament the passing of a great devotee. And we serve in separation, but... Um, it's interesting, Prabhupada, when Prabhupada was here in his manifest form, there was a sense in which it was a unique situation because if you look at history, um, normally in the pre-industrial age, a guru was present and usually wasn't that far away from his disciples. Lord Chaitanya, of course, uh, traveled around South India and we do see that the Acharyas traveled. Shankar, of course, the impersonalist, but he traveled. Madhavendra traveled. And uh, Prabhupada, of course, traveled more than anyone had traveled before. And at the same time, uh, in the pre-industrial age, you can't travel that far. So even when Lord Chaitanya traveled, let's say, around India, but he was still in India, or Rupa Goswami, or Sanatan Goswami, or other great devotees, uh, of course, people didn't travel that far. So Prabhupada, Prabhupada was the first international acharya uh, in our tradition. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, of course, traveled around India. In those days, they had the English trains. Uh, but he, he didn't go outside of India. Bhakti Yonah Thakur never left India. And so just as Bhakti Siddhanta took the train so his followers could also take the train. So they were never really that far away. There was no question of visas. There was no question of airports and so on. And so Prabhupada being the first great Acharya who was truly, who truly had an international mission, uh, it's not that we could just jump on a plane in Mexico and go to Brindavan or get on a plane and Bombay and go to Los Angeles. And so people, you know, devotees didn't, they didn't travel like that then very much. And so Prabhupada in a sense was, and yet we had the communication. We had Prabhupada's, you know, his, his lectures would be recorded and he published books. He especially emphasized his books. And, um, and yet Prabhupada, we would get news from him. His secretaries would send, would write 
descriptions of what he was doing, and that came by airmail. So you'd get it, you know, hopefully sometimes in a few days. And at a certain point, Prabhupada started using what they used to call that. I can't remember, it was the latest technology back then. It's like you sent a telegram. Well, Prabhupada used to use telegrams. Prabhupada definitely used telegrams. If something was really urgent, he would tell his secretaries to send a telegram. Or uh, I can't remember the name of the machine. I mean, everyone, it's a machine where it's, it's sort of like your own telegram machine where you have a little machine in your house or your office. What was it called? Fax. No, not facts. It was just letters wasn't pictures and so uh anyway so Prabhupada then that was done but so there's a sense in which Prabhupada's presence or Prabhupada's our association with Prabhupada for those of us who weren't his secretary didn't travel with him it was sort of like something historically new where on the one hand the Acharya is still in the world. He's still living in the world. But at the same time, he's almost always remote. He's he's in some other part of the world. And one is receiving letters. And one is receiving telegrams. And so on and so forth. So it was sort of like he was he was present in the world, but, but not in the way of previous ages. And yet, so I just, I guess the point I'm getting at is Prabhupada disappeared and even... So Prabhupada's disappearance, I know Prabhupada always emphasized to me that service and separation was uh, was more important. And he always emphasized to me, and yet, and we're serving Prabhupada in separation now. And those who are serving are feeling Prabhupada's presence very strongly. At the same time, we don't want to minimize the loss of his personal association. We don't want to say that there's nothing lost. It's all exactly the same. So I think perhaps... To be honest here, I think one of the greatest losses was the loss of Prabhupada as the commander of ISKCON, Prabhupada giving instructions and keeping everything unified. At the same time, uh, I think Prabhupada, Krishna saved Prabhupada from the inevitable um, diversification of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, uh, some of his own disciples, of course, uh, leaving his mission, even though he said not to. And... Um, and as people, you know, people starting to criticize. And so in a sense, Krishna kept Prabhupada in, in this world in a, at a time when despite the opposition, despite some people offending him and so on, generally there was an extraordinary amount of discipline and unity. And as time goes on, as, as, as we know where history takes things, criticisms and, and schisms and so on and so forth. I mean, there's a sense in which Lord Krishna saved Prabhupada from uh, unpleasant things. I mean, you could even talk about Krishna and Vrindavan. When Krishna was in Vrindavan, he was just with people who loved him. Demons were attacking, but they were killed usually within a short amount of time. So, but, but among the people who lived in Vrindavan, they were all completely devoted to Krishna. And then when Krishna left Vrindavan, <clears throat> he went out into the world of course, he faced so much opposition. That was the whole reason Krishna came, because there was so much adharma in the world. And uh, people insulted Krishna, like it, when at the Rajasuya sacrifice, when it was said that Krishna should receive the first honors, then Shishupala stood up 
and began to blaspheme Krishna and insult him. And so it's interesting because Krishna came to save the world from these demonic forces. There were a lot of people in the world who were insulting Krishna, offending him, criticizing him. And of course his devotees were with him and ultimately Krishna triumphs because obviously he's God, but, but, and, and Prabhupada, Prabhupada, I would say, did not face an extraordinary amount of opposition. I mean, there was opposition. Uh, there were some people criticizing, but um, Prabhupada, if you ask because of his purity, the arrangements of Krishna, I don't remember Prabhupada facing widespread organized opposition the way, even the way Krishna did. Although he had to battle. I mean, obviously people people would argue with him or debate with him. But Prabhupada, Krishna gave Prabhupada really a blessed time, despite all the troubles, despite the health problems, whether on the Jaladuta or afterwards, and there were health problems. And despite the fact that some people left and, and, and some people criticized, I would say overwhelmingly Prabhupada was surrounded by loving disciples and the world, um, the world didn't criticize him that much, for one thing, as I said, because of his saintly behavior. So somehow Krishna chose this time. Krishna chose this time to remove Prabhupada physically from the world to bring him back to Godhead or simply to do some other service wherever Krishna wanted. But, and as a historian looking at it, I think it was, uh, in a sense, as much as we would like Prabhupada to always be here, but it was a perfect time to go. And um, and it must be because it was decided by Krishna, obviously. It was Krishna himself who chose the moment and everything Krishna does is perfect. So in that sense, it was a perfect time to go. But um, those of us who were there, I think uh, can't help lamenting a bit that there was a time, sort of this ISKCON Camelot moment, there was a time when uh, everything was, relatively speaking, very unified, and there was great discipline, and the movement was progressing under Prabhupada, despite the problem. So, um, so it is true that Prabhupada is still with us. It is true that uh, by serving Prabhupada, we can strengthen our connection with him. And uh, it is true that Prabhupada is with Krishna, but, and yet there is something to miss, something to lament of Prabhupada not being personally present in the world. And yet if we are unselfish, if we are unselfish and um, really thinking of Prabhupada, there's a sense in which, of course today, it, it's 2021, so Prabhupada would be uh, 144 years old today. No, 124. Can't do math anymore. 77, 23. Uh, yes, Prabhupada was born. Sorry, I was doing the wrong kind of math. It was in, he came as world in 1896. So, was, so he would be 125. So that was, um, even Prabhupada said, Prabhupada said many, many times, he would say about himself, you know, that I've lived so many years and the war, and, and he would quote, I think he would even quote the Bible, some passage like, 
to man is given a certain lifespan. So Prabhupada would always say that you can't live more than this. That's just the, the way this planet is. And so, um, but Prabhupada came at a perfect time and he left at a perfect time. You know, as they say in, in Hollywood, timing is everything. And so Prabhupada came at a perfect time and left at a perfect time. And we may personally lament, but um, in, in the larger sense, Krishna does everything perfectly and, and this was also done perfectly. So um, the world is very different. We are different because I mean, those of us who were there then or even those who joined afterwards, I mean, everyone knows how you change over time. Uh, you get older and you've learned more and you people just change. And so um, we've changed and, and the world is, it's not the same planet practically that we, that Prabhupada was on. I mean, it's, I, I, so, and yet the essence is just to go on trying to serve. That's really all we can do. What else, what else can we do? We just try to serve to the best of our ability and uh, if you are really trying your best, you'll be very happy and satisfied inside. And if you're not, you won't. So, I mean, no one has to tell you. You can judge for yourself how you feel inside, whether you feel content in your heart that even though I'm imperfect, I'm doing my best. And if one does not feel that deep satisfaction, then probably you're not doing your best. So... But anyway, so, so today obviously is a day also to do a reckoning. We have to try to look at ourselves and figure out by, by looking at ourselves next to Prabhupada, who's a pure devotee, perfect, then we, we can try to understand what our situation is and do what we should do. So thank you very much. That's what I will say today. And let me see if there's any comments. Um... May not have or questions. No. Anyway, I wish you all a very happy meditation today on Prabhupada. Deep under and I hope we all have a deep understanding of what we should do in response to Prabhupada's coming to this world and then leaving this world and how we should respond to it. Hare Krishna.